Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the John Papaloni Show. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we have Austin and Monica Mangelson. I hope I pronounced your names right. Actually, you did. That was pretty impressive. Oh, thank you very much. Welcome to the show. Thank Thank you for having us. Absolute pleasure. I usually like to start my show with a uh, little brief bio, but rather than, you know, typical shows where I say it, nobody knows your story and your authentic truth better than you. So I prefer if you share your, your story, like what you're doing now, how you got there, why you chose the field, etc. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Great. Right. Um, all right. I'll, yeah, I'll take, take it, it away, away and then you can fill in where I, <laughs> where I leave off, I guess. Um, so our journey starts back pre-COVID. We... Um, we had jobs with the Peace Corps and we were set to depart for Mozambique, Africa in like the beginning of April, 2020. And we were super stoked. We had everything packed. We had sold most of our stuff. We had sold our housing contract. We had someone lined up to buy our car. And of course, everyone knows about two weeks before that, the world just came to a screeching halt. Um, And so we found ourselves jobless and homeless. And luckily, our car person backed out anyway. So we still had a car. Um, But it was not a good situation. It was not a situation we ever hoped to find ourselves in, actually, obviously. Um, Luckily, Austin's parents took us in. So then we were living with my in-laws, which was also not ideal. They're great people. I love them to death. And it ended up being a good situation, like, ended up being good living with them. But um, you don't want to find yourself, what were we like 23 graduated college living with your in-laws, you know, that's not really what we imagined for our lives. True. Um, so we ended up getting jobs that ended up being just kind of, uh, dead end, um, burnout jobs. We were so exhausted. And we, I remember one day specifically where we, um, <laughs> we saw each other for 20 minutes, our shifts overlap for 20 minutes. And it was like, God's greatest gift to us. Like, <laughs> we haven't seen each other at all. And so we we sat down, we had a really hard talk, and, and then we were like, we can't do this. We love spending time together. We love being in love, and the jobs were wearing us out. Um, so we started, um, we became virtual assistants. We took some classes and stuff to learn kind of the back end of all the business stuff. And that wasn't really it for us either, though, because we didn't love um, – the people we were working with weren't the greatest. We didn't love that people would just have us do the tasks that they didn't want to do. We wanted someone to pay us for our expertise. So then we started searching a little bit more, and that's when we found that we both have a big passion for web design and branding and helping businesses um, kind of take their mission statements and their values and to be able to portray that in a visual sense online. Um, so that's what we're doing now. We absolutely love it. Um and that was probably more than you needed to know. Do you have anything you want to add? <laughs> no, that was that was great. Um, yeah, our so our, our story, it's it's one of those things where up until um, everything fell through with the Peace Corps, especially for me, but I think for both of us, really, we, we had a very clear um, kind of drawn out path of where we wanted to go in life. And that was the first time, again, especially for me, that I felt like I wasn't sure what I wanted to do moving forward. Um, and I felt really stuck and unsure for a long time. And luckily, Monica pulled me out of that as we kind of discovered um, online work through being virtual assistants. And then later we found things that we enjoy more, but still in the online world. Um, so there's been a lot of um, self-discovery as we figure out what we want to do. There's been a lot of discovery in our marriage, trying to figure out 
um, you know, balance passions and balance um, likes and dislikes. So it's it's been a big journey um, and it's definitely not over, but it's been a lot of fun. True enough. And that's the thing. I think we all go through uh, those struggles to the to a point of trying to figure out where we are, what we want to do. Many people hang around and just do what they hate just because it's working for them at that time without actually thinking more into it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good that you guys just said, you know what, this mediocre thing is just not enough. And you're at the right time of your life to actually take the leap versus, you know, what most people do is spend half their life miserable than just say, I can't take it anymore. Right. right? Like you got it at the right age. You realized there was a problem. Like even it took you away from your marriage. So rather than waiting till your marriage was falling apart and saying, how do we fix this? Which is often at that point that it's too late. Mm-hmm. You're right. You, you caught it in advance and saying, we're heading down the wrong path and it's time to stop. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It makes me think of a quote. Um, I actually just heard it yesterday and I really latched onto it. Um, and I want to give credit where credit's due. I think the guy's name was Josh Hall. He's a web designer as well. Um, but he said, you have to choose your hard. You know, it's like we could have, we, we were working in senior healthcare. Um, I was also working as a waiter at a restaurant and we could have kept doing that. We were making good money. We were working a lot. We were, we were you know, making decent wages. We could have kept doing it, but we, it would have been hard because we wouldn't have seen each other a whole lot. We wouldn't have been doing something we were really loving and passionate about. And so we shifted and now we're doing web design. And it's not to say it's easy by any means. There's a lot of challenges that come with running your own business and jumping into the unknown, but it's a different kind of hard, but it's a, it's a hard that we're choosing. And um, so it just comes with a different set of challenges, but I really like that. Yeah. Choose your heart, you know, find out what you like to do and it's going to be difficult, but make it work for you. Yeah, for sure. And that's the thing. When you guys started, what was the hardest part about your transition? Oh, yeah. I think that'd be different for both of us. What was yours? Um, I think for me, it was hard. Um, We work really well together, but it was hard to make sure that we were always having the same vision for the direction we wanted our business to go. There were definitely moments where we we had to sit down and we're like, okay, are we even moving in the same direction anymore? Like, do we even want the same things in our business anymore? Um, So we had a lot of hard conversations there. And that was, I feel like that was for me really difficult to figure out where to compromise and what to give and what to take kind of thing in our business. For sure. Now, was there a moment where, where you're having that conversation and you were almost like a little hesitant to say something because you were worried about how, you know, the other person would take it? Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm a very, um, I, I speak my mind a lot. And so I definitely think it was harder for Austin than it was for me, but I definitely had to, make sure that I was getting my point across in a way that was kind and considerate of Austin while understanding that it was my point of view. So I could like, it was important to me, but also having to figure out what parts were not as important that we could, I could give, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's part of the compromise, right? Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. No, I'm a very direct person myself. Sometimes, sometimes I think I'm being gentle then I see the person <laughs> and they're like mortified and I'm like, why? It's like, you said you wanted the truth. <laughs> I see it's the best policy. Yeah, exactly. But there's obviously a gentle way to bring it out. <laughs> so I get it now in terms of, you know, a lot of, like, what was your expectations? Like, let, let's be honest. A lot of times people get into business 
And some people understand, well, everyone says, okay, I realize this is not going to be an overnight instant thing. You know, it's going to take time. But then when people get into it, oh my God, it's been three months and it's not happening. <laughs> right? Like, you know what I mean? And then the, they're discouraged. Yeah. Right. So where I'm going with this is what was your expectation? Where were you within that 90 day period? And how did that change your outcome? Now, it could be positive because sometimes your expectations are one area and you actually surpass them. So it could be a positive or a negative and mm. everyone's different, right? So I'm just curious to what happened in your story there. Yeah, so where do I start? <laughs> um, I guess I'll start first off by saying, uh, so we started our, our online business. Um, and it was never in my mind growing up or in college even that I would run my own business, that I would be a business owner. Um, that was just never something I really thought about. Monica, on the other hand, ever since she was young, she was thinking about wanting to work for herself and have her own business. And so in my mind, it was really interesting because I almost feel like I was learning about what my expectations were as about being a business owner as I was experiencing for the first time being a business owner. So they're kind of happening, happening simultaneously. Um, but we took this, so when we first started and we were working as virtual assistants, um, we signed up for a course called 90 Day VA. And the whole idea is within 90 days, you'll learn all the things you need to learn to land your first clients and, and be working as a virtual assistant. And I guess without thinking a whole lot about it, my first impression, my first thought was, okay, in 90 days, we are gonna be booked out full time. We're gonna have a butt ton of clients. We're gonna be making all the money we wanna be making because it's called 90 day VA, we will, you know, in the course of 90 days, we will be there. Um, and we certainly within those 90 days, we found clients, we found a few actually, and we were really blessed to get those clients we did. Um, but it wasn't quite what I first thought. Um, and then in a very similar way, I think when we shifted our business to designing, um, we're actually just looking through our notes, we we sat down, we had a, a, a meeting as a couple slash business meeting. We were talking about where we want to take our business and what we want to do. And we decided we're going to do design and we're going to do website design and brand creation. And so we kind of laid out a map for the rest of the year. We said, okay, by this month, we're going to have, um, you know, our, our CRM system all set up and, and ready to go. And then by the next month, we're going to have, um, you know, X, Y, and Z in place. And then we weren't actually planning on having our first clients until um, the beginning of 2022. We were going to launch in the beginning of 2022, and that's when we would start finding clients. Um, well, things have accelerated a lot faster than that. So that was my expectation. But since then, <clears throat> we actually finished all of the things that we planned on doing by the end of the year, by October, and we've already booked out our first design client. And so that happened a lot faster than I thought it was going to. Um, and so that's been, so I guess the first part was a negative, I guess, where my expectations were a lot higher than what we reached. And then the second half of this year has been, um, our expectations have, we've surpassed our expectations and what we thought we were going to be able to do. Which is great because you guys basically found a flaw and that wasn't working for you. And you found a path that actually accelerated. It's like almost... It's almost like you found, you know, the uh, you know, a um, a can of gasoline and just lit it all up, <laughs> which which is awesome, right? Because that's everyone's dream, yeah. and that's usually where people find the hurdle when they get stuck and where they don't want to be, mm -hmm. and taking that leap 
what ends up happening is a lot of times when people take that leap, it actually puts them back a couple of steps, mm-hmm. right? Because it's a whole position change. You kind of build a brand and a name on something, mm-hmm. right? And then you're trying to right. tell people, no, 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 this is where we went. <laughs> right? So it's like, yeah, I, so I get that. Now, your product is also something that's what I call, I, I went through this as well in the past. Now, you're selling what I call is the invisible. Selling the invisible. There's a book based on this, mm-hmm. right? And it's, and really, what you are selling the invisible because your product is a service, something that pe- that's not tangible that people don't hold. It's not like a bottle of water where you're saying this is two bucks or three bucks or you know what I mean or one box, whatever, right? Like where I'm selling this and this is what people are getting. You're selling air right now because <laughs> people got this thing in their head and you're trying to extract what's in their head and put mm-hmm. it onto the screen or paper or whatever. Right. So now you have to come up with pricing strategies. You have to come up with like a whole game plan from that. Yeah, certainly. Right. So what has what has been the biggest challenge with that, like in terms of interaction with clients and uh, how did you uh, deal with it and how did you come up with your process? Yeah, that's a great question. There's a lot of great questions that you just asked. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I had to kind of laugh when you were talking about pricing. Pricing has always been a sore spot for us. It's hard to know because as a business owner, you deal with so much different imposter syndrome and like, can we really do this? We're just starting out and all these things. And it's hard to see the value that other people will see in our work and to put a price on that. Um, so that was definitely really hard. Um, I think... Some of the biggest things is we we are both really big on edu- education. We love to learn. We love to learn from other people. Um, we've taken a lot of classes in our business um, journey, and um, that's been the biggest thing that's helped us set up our system um, as far as, like, get us a ballpark idea for where we should start our pricing, um, what kind of flows we should have in our business, what our CRM system should be. Um, things like that. That's how we um, we just we really found the experts in our field, and we said, okay, we want to learn from you. We want our business to look like yours. And so we started. Um, obviously, there's always adaptations because their life is not our life. Um, but we use them as a backbone to figure out our systems. Um, I would say, as far as working with clients, the hardest thing for us um, has been to set up. Um, expectations and to set up boundaries because starting out in a business with that imposter syndrome and like, oh my gosh, can we really do this? Can we really make money online? Um, we quit our jobs that we're paying really well. What do we do now? You know, we, we've been so desperate to please our clients that we have definitely, um, we've set up boundaries that we just we can't breeze right over when it comes time to it. And so that's something we're constantly working on as business owners is to set those boundaries because at the end of the day, they help our clients and they help us. Um, and so that's the thing that we are always, always, always having to reevaluate and re-put into place and rework on together as, as business owners. For sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, the, I think the whole thing is a, is a lot of trial and error. The whole thing is always in constant motion and you're always um, reevaluating and it's never like you have your process set and you found out the, you know, the golden whatever that was hidden and now now it's going to work forever. You know, it's it's always a constant molding process. And I think it, it comes with a lot of trial and error, um, whether it's with pricing or boundaries with clients or trying to figure out what your clients want and creating that in a website. You know, you try out a couple things and then you, you 
take a step back and look at it and say, okay, are we getting anyone who's um, interested based on our prices or based on what we're offering? Um, have we, you know, have we ignored boundaries that we've set? And then we talk about it again. We say, okay, maybe we need to lower this price. Maybe we have, maybe we're booked out and we can raise our price. Maybe this boundary that we thought was good is not that great. So we're going to change that. So I think it's, um, it's kind of like, you know, the scientific method, you, you have this idea of what you think is going to work, you test it out and then you evaluate and, and you adapt to it and you change it. Right. Which is great. Right. Like a lot of people don't realize that they set their, uh, their uh, plans in motion, they stick their feet in the ground and uh, pile forward and are not open to any sort of um, mm -hmm. like, they don't pay attention to the market, right? Like they don't right. see what's going on. And now sometimes that can be good. Sometimes that's bad, but I mean, I, I feel the day you stop learning, the feel the day you stop observing is the day your business starts declining. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. I thought my phone was off. <laughs> my bad. Well, it's funny because my watch is off, so my watch isn't buzzing, but uh, my phone is ringing. <laughs> so, oh, well, it is what it is. Um, yeah, so, which is great. I like your process there. I like how, I like how you guys are working through things. Um, now, I'm looking at your website, and I love how it starts at the top. You're tired of all the back and forth with your designer, waiting for results, not having a high converting website, not having the brand that represents you, not being a priority on your designer's list. So, yeah, us too. That's why we created A&M Digital Design, which is great because you, you, I love how it gets in there because a lot of those questions, most people, at least two or three of those are going to think about them and go, oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? That's a good point. Mm -hmm. And it's you get into it and then you get into your packages. Now, how did you come up with that concept? And, like, someone calls you, like, put me through the process. I read this and I think, yes. I agree with what you're saying here. I'm, I'm going to have to contact you. How the heck do I contact you? I figure it out. I click in, I get into, I get a hold of you guys. Take me through the process. Yeah. So we, um, in our VA journey, we learned that we don't like the back and forth with the clients. And a lot of clients are frustrated with that too, because um, let's say, especially like in web design, let's say like, I have a question. Do you like this color? I send it to you. You take 24 hours to get back to me. You answer my question, then maybe I take 24 hours to get back to you. And so it just drags the whole process out. And it's so, so frustrating, especially with something as important as your website, which is so um, vital in your sales funnel most of the time, depending on your business setup, of course. Um, so we we took that knowledge that that's really frustrating for people. And we created a two-day design. Um, we kind of have an advantage because we're, we do have two designers working here. But basically what, what we do is we front load all of the prep work. Um, we have a really strategic branding questionnaire to really hone in on what your brand is and what your values are so that we understand and that you can understand um, better where you're going in your business. It helps us extract from our client's mind what they have envisioned for the project. Um, you know, so ask questions about what they want to really help us understand what they're looking for. Yeah. And then we'll have a checklist. So we make sure we get everything that we'll need from you, pictures, um, copy, all the things that your website will need. And then we'll go through and we'll have an hour long call strategy call. Where we'll talk about the strategy of your website in your sales funnel, um, what we need to convert your website in, or your clients from your website into paying customers. And then um, we'll have 
two days that we set aside our entire days um, back to back exclusively for you and your project. And we will work on it. Um, it's about eight hours a day is what it, it works out to um, that we're both working on your project to build out your website. And so then by the end of the week, you have you see your results. You have a beautiful website. It's ready for launch. Um, it's SEO friendly. It's ready to be optimized. It's ready to um, support your sales funnel and to really help your business grow. And so instead of waiting, you know, up to two or three months for a website that's high converting, you can get it by the end of the week. Wow, that is pretty quick. And that is good. That's a, like a great timeline. Have you ever guys found it challenging? Like, have you found it challenging yet where you maybe have too many calls? I, I mean, everybody want, you know, let's face it, when people call, I'm calling you on a Wednesday, I want a website, I really wanted it yesterday. But mm -hmm. I waited to today to call you. Mm -hmm. um, right. And I'm, obviously, everyone's like that. How do you handle, like, if you have back to back requests, as an example, right, it's gonna be hard, like, you guys just work overtime or? <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, first of all, I think that'd be a great problem to have. It's one of those <laughs> things with like, again, choosing your heart, I guess. Like if we had the problem of having too many people wanting to work with this, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Again. We do have our week set up though, that it's typically a Monday and a Tuesday that we just do design. And then Wednesdays are our call days mm -hmm. and we'll fill up all of our Wednesdays with any calls that people have. So we have our, our week kind of blocked out so that we don't get overwhelmed and we're still always able to dedicate those two days just to the website and the design aspect. And then we have a day just for calls. And that'll be the day, you know, that we get ready for the days. <laughs> we look nice when we <laughs> jump on a video call, you know? Yeah, that's awesome, right? Like, like there's two things that caught me there, right? Like, like the time blocking and the uh, CRM. Like it's, I didn't think I would ever hear about people using CRMs outside of real mm -hmm. estate. Cause I mean, obviously, you know, my <laughs> other business is a real estate agent. Um, I started off a, a new business in coaching. Um, but the thing is that I'm used to hearing it in the real estate world, but before I got into real estate, never heard of a CRM before. Uh -huh. Somebody even told me about a CRM, a CR what, you know, <laughs> what, what do I need that for? <laughs> right? Like, you know, all oh, keeps track of all your clients. That's why we got a phone. All my clients <laughs> are in here. You know what I mean? Like I just could not get the concept uh -huh. right? or why I would need that. Right. So. But you guys got it right away, which is like, to be honest, that's like next level to me. Right? <laughs> like, so it's like, I, I'm impressed. I'm truly impressed with that. Oh, like, thank you. <laughs> how did you guys discover this? Like, and that you needed it? Like, where do, like, because I, you can see it, but how did you guys relate to it and say, yeah, we need this and we need to get this in our system right now? So we first learned about what CRMs are and their benefit through that 90 day VA course that we were taking when we were first starting our online business journey. Um, and we, we heard about a couple different ones and we looked into it and we found, um, we found one that was working well at the time when we were working as a virtual assistants, um, as we've shifted to our design business, um, we needed something a little bit more robust. And so we switched platforms, but, uh, basically since the get go, um, since that very first course that we took, uh, we learned about what it was and its importance. And um, I fell in love with it right away. And um, since then we've been using it and it's been, it's been fantastic. It's, it's a really, really great organizational tool. Um, and it not only benefits us to keep, keep track of all of our clients and their documents and what's going on, but it really helps the client because they get a better experience as they work with us because nothing falls through the cracks. We don't miss a message. We don't, um, I don't know, it just, it, it's a mutual benefit 
mutually benefiting uh, thing for both us and our clients, I guess. Right. I get that. Right. It's, it's, it's keeping in contact, right. And not missing a beat, like you said, yeah. which is the whole point of it. So, but it took me a long time. Like I said, the first, I would dabble in it, in it when I first got into the real estate market, I would dabble in it and say, ah, this is just Google. I don't need this. Right. <laughs> Obviously I wasn't using it properly. Then I would get back into it. Oh, let's try this one. And then it was on and off and on and off. It was not, it was a, really about halfway through. Like I've been in the business roughly about six years and it was not, uh, you know, it took me two and a half, basically two and a half years ago, I started using the CRM, you know, properly, but yeah. it took a while for it to register with me. So it's kind of great that you guys got it right off the bat. Um, again, you know, it's a, like you said, it's a learning venture as you go. Yeah, so, actually now that I'm thinking about it, so our very first time we were using a CRM was actually not for ourselves, but for a client. Um, and she, so she was a, a sleep coach and she had, she had clients kind of all over the place. And so I recommended the CRM um, software for her to help her keep track of everything. And she ended up using it, but um, <laughs> she, I, I don't think she was using it to the full potential. Um, and it was really kind of frustrating as her clients to see how she could have been using the CRM software to really help and accelerate her business. And she wasn't. And because I was her client, I could only suggest and recommend, but it was never my decision to, um, to use it in the way that I thought it, it was made for and it could have been used. And so I think that's when I started really feeling, you know, when we have our business growing and, and when we, um, have our own clients that we're trying to manage and stuff. We need a CRM system that works for us and we need to utilize this tool because I saw it utilized in not the best way. Um, and I, I saw that it was harming the business rather than helping them as it should have been. So, right. That makes sense. I get it. Now, speaking of business and all that, right. So obviously I'm going to assume that referrals are a big part of your business. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to assume that, uh, you know, part of the CRM and keeping in touch with people kind of keeps you in the loop with them. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's the whole point of it. How else do you guys get business? I mean, obviously you're an online business. So I'm going to imagine that a good par portion of your efforts are online. Mm -hmm. um, what is your marketing plan? Like, how, how do you get out there? Yeah, that's a good question. Also something that we're always working on. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, marketing is such an evolving thing, especially on social media, which is one of our main marketing platforms, which is always changing. So as soon as you figure it out, they roll out it's some different. huge changes and you have to start all over. So our current marketing plan is we, um, we're bloggers. We're, we're rolling out blogs twice a month. And then we use those blogs to make um, social media um posts and we are on instagram and facebook mostly most of our clients have actually come from facebook um and then we um we've talked about i mean obviously we were podcasting um which um like we told you kind of before we got started it's a new thing for us so we're hoping to start seeing the benefits from it a little bit more but that's kind of our current where we're at as far as marketing goes for sure. Absolutely. Like now, do you guys invest in paid ads on the Facebook? No, we haven't done any paid ads. Okay. I, um, yeah. Cause I mean, obviously that's, uh, like you said, Facebook's changing a lot. Now let, let's be honest with the demographics of Facebook. It's important to know your, like who you're trying to reach out there. 
and, mm-hmm. and where they are. Because let's be honest, 10 years ago, it was a different group of people on Facebook than there is today. Like right. I, for me, myself, if you're looking for somebody under from, I would even say even 30 or under, I don't think Facebook's a good reach. Most mm-hmm. people under 30, you know, have jumped ship. Right. Um, now you guys are in web and online, which is going to be mostly other business owners, which is going to be usually, not always, there's exceptions, but being stereotypical, it's going to usually be people over 30. Right. So there's still a market there. Now, obviously, like you said, things change, platforms change. Um, things are different. Uh, even Instagram is becoming saturated. I'm not sure if you noticed that. Uh-huh. And right, like as much as a year ago, you'd post something, you get 80 people. Now today you're getting 40. Same kind yeah. of post, same everything. Now I'm just using an arbitrary number, but <laughs> right. so um, obviously they're doing that to gear for more paid ads, but even people are getting sick of that. Now, what do you think guys think of TikTok? Right. Cause when it first came out, I couldn't stand it. I'm like sitting there going, I'm not going to go on an app and dance around like a dummy just to get <laughs> attention. <laughs> right. Like obviously people have found a more uses for that than, than the way it started. Right. Yeah. Right. So what are your so, thoughts on it? So we, we've never been on TikTok, um, but we have done a lot with reels on Instagram, which is basically the same thing. Yeah. Um, we have a love-hate relationship with it, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> our our love part of it comes from when we're when we're just sitting down, not doing anything. We'll flip through other people's reels, and we love watching. <laughs> it's funny when we first started watching reels. When reels first came out, Monica would send me reels. She would send me multiple, like many, many reels a day, and just message it to me on Instagram, and I would watch them, and then you know, to there and. Yeah. And I remember she came to me, she was like, Austin, can you at least like respond to one or two of these so that I know that you're enjoying it? I'm like, sure. So I just started like sending her a little laugh emoji or something. And then I got into reels and I'd start sending her some. And so now it's it's kind of an integral part of our marriage right now. Is bonding experience. <laughs> but um, I'm digressing. As far as our business goes, um, we, we tried out reels for a while at the beginning. Um, I've always been a lot more um, reserved and um, timid, I guess, when it comes to putting myself out there on online. And so Monica is the one who really took the jump into um, making reels and posting them. And we did it for a while. Um, I did really good at them for a while. Yeah, but... we, we did it for a few months, but we didn't see a whole lot of benefit from it. And on top of not seeing a whole lot of benefit from it, we felt like it was consuming too much of our, um, our well, a couple of things. It was taking a lot of time and uh, we were constantly worrying about it. So it's taking a lot of our brain power, taking a lot of our time and energy for little to no reward or return. And so ultimately we decided to kind of lay off of the reels and just focus on posts and stories on Instagram. Well, and to be quite honest with you, <laughs> there was a week where um, a bunch of people in my real life, as opposed to my business life, um, <laughs> were commenting to me in person about my reels that were so funny or like that were, you know, oh, that was such a cute one that you did, you know, and I got really embarrassed. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we had to take a break from it. And um, honestly, once we stopped making it, I was so 
much, I struggled a lot less with imposter syndrome and I was able to focus more on our business. So for us personally, I know a lot of people who have a lot of success with TikTok and Reels and stuff. But for us personally, it just wasn't worth kind of the anxiety it created and how much, like Austin said, how much mental energy it was taking that was really keeping us from our client experience and growing our business. Right. Now, that's the other thing, right? Because you, you said you uh, struggle with imposter syndrome. Oh, man, I'm now I'm forgetting English. Um, <laughs> imposter syndrome. <laughs> so how do you deal with that now? Like, I mean, like, is it still a, a major problem or have you uh, formed some form of a system to sort of like handle it a bit so it's not as much of a burden? Yeah. So I think we're both at two very different stages of this. So I'll <laughs> let Monica answer first and then I'll I'll have a different answer for you. Yeah. So when we, um, I really took a deep dive into the mindset of being a business owner. Um, like I said, we both just love education. And so we're constantly listening to podcasts. We're reading books. We're always just looking for the next thing to learn. Um, uh, one podcast that particularly helped me is called the mindset mentor. Um, and I really kind of took a, a journey of, um, figuring out where my imposter syndrome is coming from. And a lot of it is deep rooted in my childhood. Um, and so trying to, to work through that, we, I spoke with a life coach for a while about that. Um, when I start feeling the anxiety of imposter syndrome, I step away from my computer. I turn everything off and nor I go find a quiet place and I have some manifestations that I go through. Um, so those are things like I am capable like I am able to make money online, you know, I'm a good web designer, those kind of things. Um, and I, and I repeat them with obviously some like deep breaths to kind of calm myself down, which has made, it's been a game changer for me. Um, when I first started doing this, I was doing it multiple times a day and now I'll probably do it a couple times a month because I feel so much more inherently confident as a business owner and as my abilities as a web designer. Makes sense. Yeah. My, so my journey, um, and I with a lot of different things in life, the first step to overcoming something is naming it, you know, recognizing that it's actually a problem. Um, so for a long time, I feel like I, I wouldn't name imposter syndrome for what it was. Um, and I would experience those feelings of, you know, we're, we're, we can't charge that much. We're not good enough. Or there's so many people who have been doing this for longer than we have. Why would someone come to us for a website? You know, but I would I would kind of brush it off as, oh, that's just, I don't know, I, I guess I just wouldn't identify it for, for what it was, and therefore I wouldn't take the steps to kind of overcome it. And I feel like, to be honest, I feel like my journey with that is, is kind of just starting because it's really only been in the past week or so that I've really started identifying like, okay, I'm, our business is suffering because I haven't dealt with um, these feelings and these emotions. And so I need to get a grip on that and I need to, know find some strategies to cope with these feelings so that our business can grow because i'm i'm holding us back is really what i realized and um just yesterday actually as i was i was in the kitchen and i was listening to a podcast and i was just kind of thinking about the things that were said and it was it was another web designer and i was thinking about it and this isn't going to sound like anything groundbreaking but for me kind of was at the time and still is because it just happened yesterday (laughs) um this idea that you're never not going to feel those things. Um, as long as we're web designers, as long as you're a business owner in whatever industry, 
if you're a business owner, you're always, always going to struggle with these, these feelings. And um, you can, you know, they, they can lessen, you can experience them less often or to a lesser degree, but um, there's never going to be a, a line that you cross when you feel like, okay, I've had X number of clients, I've been doing this for X number of years, so now I'm never going to feel insecure about this. Um, and so this, this, I guess this realization that if I'm always going to feel this way, I need to find coping strategies to handle it because if not, it's just going to consume me and then it's just going to drag me down. Um, and so, and again, I, I don't want this to sound discouraging, like, oh, well, you're never going to feel good enough because I don't, that's not what I'm trying to say. But to some degree, you're always going to feel um, insecurities. And so I do think you need to learn how to manage that and deal with it rather than just ignore it and hope that eventually it'll go away with time. Right. See, that's the thing. One thing I've learned throughout the process is that um, a lot of people have the same objective. Like everybody wants to be successful. Everybody knows what to do, but they allow things to hold them back. Like the difference between someone who's successful and not successful is that uh, both have the same feelings, just successful people do it anyways. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is exactly what you guys are doing. And, you know, if it's any consolation, I've gone through your website, I've gone through your portfolio. And your work is phenomenal. Well, thank, thank you. you. That is <laughs> <Right>? really reassuring. <laughs> yeah, like I'll be honest, I just created like my coaching business that I told you I was starting. It's not really launching till January. I'm like doing preliminary things and building up, you know, stuff in the background. Uh -huh. But the official launch date is January 2022. Um, meanwhile, like I said, I'm doing seminars to sign people up, obviously, and explain what it is. Right. Um, and I'm having promos, but. Yeah, like um, where I'm going with this is that uh, for the longest time, I struggled with the website. It's one of those things that I come from a marketing background, like back in back in the day, like where I started before real estate and all this, I had a marketing and print business and I did eight figures a year back then. Uh -huh. So I sold that business. So I have the capability to do it, but I'm definitely not motivated. Mm -hmm. And right now I'm doing everything just good enough because I'm doing what I don't want to do, right? right? So I, I don't want to sit here and do that. I want to focus on my task, which is my, my intention is to be a coach. So I want to work on client projects, client stuff, right? Because I can't yeah. just show up, go on Zoom and say, hey, I'm here, guys. You know what I mean? Like you have to have something to offer. And that's really what I want to work on. Right. So I put something together, slabbed it together and what I call good enough right now. But and I thought it was good enough and all that. And then to be honest, I look at your website and I'm going, man, now I'm embarrassed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it, it, mine is truly good enough, but it doesn't look like this. You know what I mean? Like, this is great. You know, like, and eventually I'm going to get to that. So, you know, I might be calling you guys up uh, sometime next year. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I'm definitely, I'm very impressed with it. And um, I probably wouldn't have taken the good enough route had I found you before. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah I, i'm loving it so if that helps in any way <laughs> yeah it but definitely thank does thank you so much so um yeah so now now here's the other thing right we all go through moments where we're fighting and fighting and fighting to get things going mm -hmm. we i think we all get this aha moment where all of a sudden you know like okay i'm on the right path yeah mm -hmm. can you describe that day where you got the aha moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I'm trying to pinpoint exactly. I don't know if it was a specific date, but it was definitely a time period in our business. Um, for me, being a virtual assistant was fantastic because we learned the back end of a business. We learned that we have the ability to make money online and that there's that, that market for it online. But it was always a struggle to, to do client work because I didn't like it. And it was always a struggle to want to go out and find new clients and to the whole part of that our business was so hard to put myself into it and do my best work um when we realized that we it was probably about like two weeks where i wrote down all the things that i like to do all the things that i hated to do and i was like where do we go from here um and i realized that my favorite part of the job was making the social media graphics for my clients because I loved designing. And I took a little bit of um, graphic design in college. Um, and so that's when I was like, okay, what can I do with designing? And so we took graphic design courses. We took a, a web design course. Um, and that, as soon as we started um, web design, it was so easy. Like I remember one day specifically when we were building um a website for my sister oh, was it my sister no and we were building the hidden haven website is what it was and i sat down and i worked on it and i built it out and all of a sudden i blinked and it had been five hours that i had been working on the website straight and i hadn't left my computer and i was like oh my gosh like i loved that and i was anxious to get back to to back to designing even after i had just spent <laughs> five hours on it and that had never, ever happened to me while I was doing VA client work. And that was the moment where I was like, this is right. Like, this is what we're, we need to be doing in our business because I cannot wait to get back on and start designing again. That's awesome. How about you, Austin? Um, to be honest, it's very, very similar. Um, when we were working as virtual assistants, just like Monica said, there are several things that we didn't love doing, but there were a couple of things that I did really enjoy that I liked. And so we talked about, um, you know, we shared with each other, what do we enjoy doing? What do we never want to do again? Um, and then we we found one of those things that we both wrote down on our list, uh, which was design. And uh, that was something that we had in common that we both enjoyed doing. And so we're like, all right, well, let's just go for it. Let's just check it out. And so, um, it, I mean, very similar to what Monica already said. I Once we started doing it and taking design courses and doing a couple of design projects and our first you know, our first many things weren't for clients, but, um, you know, just little portfolio pieces or um, just things for a friend or a family member. And, and I really, really had a good time doing it. And I remember when we were working as virtual assistants, um, I would think to myself, it wasn't like a conscious thought, I, I guess, but um, I was, <laughs> I was constantly still am, to be honest, worried about finances and how we're going to make it work economically and such, you know, so I kept thinking, okay, what can I do um, on the side to, to kind of supplement or what can I do instead? Because um, I don't want to do this long-term and it's not, you know, getting us the money we wanted. And ever since we started designing for our business, like exclusively doing design work, um, like I've still had worries about money, but I've never thought, I've, like I've never had an exit plan for our business. And ever since we started doing design work, I thought, okay, I'm all in with our business. This is what I want to do. And I'm, I'm going to find a way to make this work um, because I, I enjoy it, you know? And so um, 
it also wasn't necessarily a specific day, but maybe the, the course of a couple of weeks where we, we made that shift, we realized we, we both really enjoy this. We can get lost in the work. We're passionate about this. We want to help other people with this. And we, we don't want to back out anytime soon. Um, so that was the moment we did. Right. Um, that's, that's awesome. Now that's the thing right here, right? Right. What you said there, that was the mic drop moment. I don't have an exit plan, which means you're doing exactly what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Right. So, which is phenomenal. Um, absolutely love that. That's uh that, that's a great thing. So wow. You know what I mean? Like good for you guys. Good for you. You, you found it and you, you found it exactly the way it should be. Right. When you, I believe if people have a backup or a secondary plan, that means they don't believe they it can work themselves. Right. Right. So that, that that's, you know what I mean? Right there. That, that is the success moment. Right. And I, I really think, um, I mean, our, our passion has, we've been learning about how to help other businesses and, um, how to create the life that you want. And I really think it comes down to doing something you love because you can, you can be financially successful or successful in, in many different ways, doing something that you kind of like, you know, it's good enough going back to your phrase from earlier. It's, it's good enough. It's a job that makes me enough money. It's a job that um, gives me enough time on the weekends with my family. But if it's not something you love, like that's what I really think people um, need to find is something that they're passionate about. And then once they find that, find a way to make it work for them. And maybe that means you're working 80 hours a week. Maybe that means you're working 20 hours a week, depending on how you can make it work. But if you love it, and if that's what what fits your, you know, if that's your groove and if that's what fits you, the lifestyle you want, go for it, you know, make it happen. For sure. Now, another thing I'm curious about is because, I mean, I see how well organized you guys are. So that's why I'm kind of curious. What's your, like you guys, (laughs) oh, two things before I get into that, hold on, hold on. Before I get into that is that every business has roles, right? Like you guys are a couple business. And -hmm. if you guys try to do the same thing all the time, there's going to be things that nobody does. Mm-hmm. Right. How do you determine which role is for who? And how do you split that up? Or do you actually just whoever's available? How does that work for you guys? Um, it's kind of worked out because um, we do have very different personalities. And so there are many tasks and uh, responsibilities in our business that have just kind of naturally fallen to one or the other. Um, Monica is a much better, like she's a much better people person um, kind of personal relationship kind of person than I am. And so she handles a lot of our social media. She does, um, like she responds to most people's messages on social media and she'll be talking to people there. She is the one who organized this, um, this talk with you, John. And, um, on the other side, I will do a lot more of the, um, I guess kind of the organizational spreadsheet kind of things. Like when we set up our CRM system, I did all of that. And I put all that in and I've um, kind of done that more. Um, that's what I'm thinking of. Just that more structured, organized thing where Monica's more the people right. of our business. Yeah, I would say we don't have a great answer for that because I am so much more of a big picture person that for me, the kind of the marketing strategy, the social media, all that comes really naturally to me. Well, he's so detail oriented that he is really great at the organizational stuff. And then like, for example, um, this is a little bit embarrassing, but I'll tell you anyway. So <laughs> in my design, 
whenever I finish my design, I pass it over to Austin who goes and makes sure everything's lined up and does all the little tiny details that I can't see because I'm just not good at that. And so naturally we work really well together. It just kind of falls into place and it always has. Um, there's been a little bit of whoever's available sometimes with client work. Mm -hmm. If I'm really busy in social media stuff, Austin will head up one of our client things. But um, for the most part, it's just been really easy for us in that regard. Which makes total sense. So th that's how your harmony works, right? And, and that, that's great. So now going to my next question is, do you guys schedule out your days every day? Like, Because I know you said time blocking, so I imagine you do. Mm -hmm. So I imagine every like you have every moment or at least every working moment planned. What does your typical day look like? Okay, the answer is sometimes. <laughs> um, Here's where we're gonna see we're not actually as organized as we. Think yeah, you're, you're digging deep and finding our philosophy. So we we will kind of go in phases, I guess. Sometimes we are super on the ball and either the night before or the morning of, we'll sit down and we'll go through our calendar and we'll talk about the events we have and then we'll time block. We'll say, okay, for two hours, we're going to work on this client and then we'll take a break. And then for the next hour and a half, we're going to do this. And uh, those days go really, really well. In fact, we, um, the days we do this, we both feel at the end of the day, we both sit down. We're like, this has been an incredibly productive day. Um, that being said, um, that's kind of the upstream route because it's a lot easier to not plan out your day and sit down and go through the calendar and go through what you need to get done. Um, so we definitely have a lot of those days as well where, I mean, I guess I, that's kind of the perk of working from home is um, sometimes you you need a day where you don't have anything scheduled out. You just, you know, check off the small things on your list and don't worry about the big things because you don't have the, you just can't, you can't do that with where you're at, you know? And so... Yeah, it kind of comes and flows. It's back and forth, and um, yeah, yeah. So we <laughs> we do time block out our weeks. So we have um, like Mondays and Tuesdays that are set aside for design days. We have Wednesdays that are kind of more of our our public, or you know, I did my makeup today day. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll do calls as we do our podcasts, um, things like that, um, and then. <laughs> From like an actual individual day standpoint, we've been trying to be really good at, at the beginning of the day to talk about what we have on a to-do list. And that helps me stay focused a lot, um, but that's where it kind of starts breaking down. <laughs> so we don't exactly have it time blocked that, you know, we're gonna do social media for an hour and then we're gonna do, you know, um, which like Austin said, when we do do that, it's awesome. And so that's something that's, that's kind of a constant struggle. Right, so I get that. now. What advice would you guys have for any uh, person who wants to uh, pretty much quit the nine to five or they're getting out of university and they want to do something for themselves? So basically a new entrepreneur, you know, on their beginning journey, but they have reservations. What would you say to them? Oh, man, I feel like I have a lot of things I would want to so say to them. so many things, yeah. Um, one of the first things that comes to mind is find somebody to support you. Um, whether that, I mean, in, in my case, it's Monica, it's my spouse, um, built-in support. <laughs> built support. Um, so maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a brother or a sister, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's not even a family member at all. Maybe it's a colleague or a coworker, find somebody who, um, who believes in you, who believes that you can make it work, who will support you and help you make it happen. Because if it's just you, it's going to be so difficult, if not impossible. Mm -hmm. You need somebody to be there when, 
when you make the leap and then you, you know, you have those feelings of what, what have I done? You know, what am I doing? I can't make this work. You need somebody there to say, you know what, this is why you started it. This is why you can do it. Keep going. Let me help you. You know? So I really feel like you need to find that person to be there and support you. Yeah. How about you, Monica? Any changes to that? Oh gosh. Well, he was talking, I was trying to think of the one thing I would say to somebody. And the thing that just keeps coming to my mind is that you can do this. I don't, I have such a passion for people being able to um, have that um, financial and life freedom of owning your business instead of being constantly um, on a leash with that clock in that you always got to do. Um, I, I believe that everybody has a different journey in their business. I believe that everybody has a different lifestyle they want. And you have the ability within you to build a business that supports your lifestyle. You are the author of your story and you you can do it. And I know that it's so scary when you first start. And I know that like, oh my gosh, for the first forever, we were always like, can we actually do this? Like, <laughs> can we actually make this work? And, um, and you can, you can be successful. Everyone has that power within them to be successful. True. Now, that's the other thing I'll add to this as well. Um, one thing I believe is if you truly want something deep enough, which means you're going to follow your passion. If you're following your passion and you want it deep enough, you do whatever it takes to make it work. Yeah. Right. So even if that means you're working a side job to make sure you, you don't fall flat, whatever it is, you know, like it doesn't matter. You'll find a way. Right. If you that's don't cool. want to find a way and you want to give up, it just means that you're trying to do this just because you don't want to do something else yeah right so now <laughs> now i'm going to get into a little bit of a lightning round because i want to respect your time but let's get into some uh, fun questions okay which is um favorite movie Ooh, that's easy um the magic of ordinary days i'm not a chick flick person but that is the best chick flick ever and i love it i can watch that every day <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'll go with a favorite genre of movie because I don't have a very specific movie. I really love scary movies. Scary movies, okay, that's cool. How about favorite vacation spot? Oh, then that's harder. We really love to travel a lot. Um, the my favorite place we've been probably is um, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, okay, yeah. For me, uh, we didn't go here together. I went right after high school to Ireland, and I loved it. It was the greatest trip I've ever had. Ah, interesting. Okay. Um, what about uh, favorite? Well, I think you said the podcast already was the million, not the millionaire. What was the podcast? I don't remember it. <laughs> oh, the Mindset Mentor? That's it, right? That, that was your favorite one, right? So I remember that now. Um, favorite song or artist? Oh, oh man! <laughs> I'll go right off the top of my head. I've been listening to him a lot lately. His name is John Bellion. Um, he has a lot of really good music. And if I had to pick a favorite song, it'd probably be. Um, it's, he has a song called "Stupid Deep." Um, Interesting. Yeah, I say go listen to it and find out what it's about. <laughs> For sure, that's my awesome. Favorite, yeah, my favorite artist is actually a cover band called um, Music Trouble Love. They're just very nice. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Awesome. Well, I want to take the time to say thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thank this you. Has, it's been really great talking with you. 
absolutely it, it was real fun i enjoyed it yeah thank you so much absolute pleasure